What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the latest video game news, industry topics, exclusive reveals, and reviews. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken. Join me each week for a chat about your favorite games, past and present, alongside Game Informer staff, developers, and special guests from around the industry. This week, I am joined by Blake Hester. Hello, Blake. Hello. It's a pleasure to be How here. How are you? I'm all right. I'm chilling. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. We are also joined by Jill Grote. Hello, Jill. I need to be called by my official title, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the Indian former. Thank Jill you Grote. So much. Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, and of course, well, not of course, because this is going to be a surprise, I think, for a lot of people who aren't on Twitter, but. Um, you know, uh, he couldn't keep the he couldn't stay away from the smell of his 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 bone, his dog food. The news hound himself, <laughs> Wesley LeBlanc, has rejoined Game Informer and is here today with us on his first ever episode during his second stint <laughs> at Game Informer. A week after his first one ended, um, obviously playing this up as a joke i am but it's very serious mm. and like not cool what happened to him um but wes you're back and we're gonna get it we're gonna get into that in a second yeah yeah um, because Happy it's to be here. can i share my title for him newly, yes, please and do. i hope he's called this for the rest <laughs> of time yeah please do please welcome to the show the once and future informer <laughs> Oh West my God. God. That is so good. I, I require that now if I'm on this show. The news hound, the once and future informer, Wesley LeBlanc. Yeah. Um, man, this is going to be a weird show, y'all. It's going to be a bittersweet show. We've got mm -hmm. more internal news. Um, we've got, oh, a big announcement. The show is now audio only. There is only one video editor on the team now. We aren't backfilling Statnik's position for the time being, uh, and I want to be able to work on things that I want to work on, and I need to free up bandwidth where I can, since I'm the only video editor on staff, so I made the executive decision, proved by Reiner, to turn this thing into audio only uh, going forward. Now, does that mean that, you know, there will never be a video version of the podcast? Not necessarily. I think around big industry events, you know, if we're in, a, in the same room together, it'd be fun to have a video version. I think if we ever get a studio... Um, I'd want to pursue that again, but for the time being, working from home, having only one video editor, this is this is what we're doing, and I think it's going to free up a lot of time for me to pursue exciting things uh, on the video page, um, as well as you know we're going to be working with a freelance podcast editor soon. Uh, they'll be announced uh, once uh, you know everything has gone through on on the back end, but. Yeah, it's um, it's a little weird being in the hosting spot with with Static being gone. He's actually on the road to California right now. Still hasn't announced where he's going, so we're, we'll talk about that, you know, sometime in the future. But uh, yeah, again, if you want to follow him, keep up with him. Make sure to go follow him at Studnik76. He's been a huge part of this show for so long. Even before he was host, he was you know producing the show alongside former hosts. Yeah, so go give Alex some love. Tell him we miss him. But uh, yeah, if, if you have any suggestions for, I guess, another new era of the Game Informer show, uh, I'm all ears. Uh, I do have podcasting experience. I actually ran a podcast for about five years with my stepdad and friends before joining Game Informer. So I've got, you know, I can talk a little bit sometimes, you know. So I'll be host for, for now, for the foreseeable future. I think it was 
the natural step. You know, I was co-hosting with Alex for so long. I just thought, hey, I'm already a familiar voice. I'll just keep doing it. And, you know, the format's going to stay the same for now. I, I, I was part of coming up with the our current format with Alex, and I like it. It's effective. Uh, so going to have, you know, Game Informer editors on, special guests, all that. You're just going to have a new voice, uh, I guess, for for the host. So it's going to be a little weird at first, but I hope you all, you know, give me your grace. Give me your your patience as we figure out what this new podcast sounds like. But yeah, we'll still be here every Thursday. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts we recently fixed. There was an issue on our back end that was causing episodes not to spawn there for some reason. So if you've had any issues about, you know, RSS feeds, let me know. You can follow me at It's Van Aken or email me at uh, AlexVanAken at GameInformer.com uh, with any issues, suggestions, whatever, as long as they're constructive. But yeah, I don't want to hold up the rest of the show, but we've got some some more major internal news regarding Game Informer. Of course, last week we talked about the layoffs and just the sadness that the Game Informer family was feeling for the loss of uh, John Carson, Jeff Akervik, our creative director of 14 years, Wesley LeBlanc, um, and also Alex was leaving on top of that. So I think this episode should be the last of the general, the, the oh. I, I will say the fallout of, of the decision that was made by our parent company to lay off Game Informer staff. I think this is still part of that fallout. Or I know it is. Um, and I think this will be the last for now. But let's get into what's going on. Uh, Jill, do you want to share your news with everybody? Hi, everyone. Um, so luckily, we started with the good news. Uh, yeah. That Wes is, is coming back. And that is so exciting and thrilling. And I am so ready to see what he's done. He's already doing amazing things. And he's killing it. And I knew he would. But um, I, in sort of response to the layoffs, have decided to leave Game Informer. Um, and mm. that's a weird statement because that's not something that I uh, ever thought I would be saying. And especially a couple of weeks ago, I could have never imagined it. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's it is I love Game Informer and I don't want my time at Game Informer to be tinged with resentment or anger or any sort of negative feelings i have loved working here i've loved not only doing some amazing and wild things but also just the people and the energy in the you know virtual office and yeah. i've loved working with everybody um and i'm still 100 percent here to support all of you and i know you're gonna do absolutely wonderful things um and you know just thankfully my leaving could enable something good to come out of all of this. So I'm very grateful for that. And I hope everybody continues to prop up some indies while I'm gone and don't lose those. And obviously at the end of the year, I'm keeping a big eye on the the top 10. <laughs> so that is my news. Really sad news, Jill. We're, Real, I mean, I can't understate like how much I'm gonna miss you personally. I count you as a lifelong friend through all this. You know, I, I, you are one of those people. You know, when you see coworkers leave, you kind of know in the back of your head like, ah, we're probably not gonna keep up, are we? You know, and when I, when I think of you, I think of genuinely a person that you know I want to maintain a relationship with. I, I like honestly, I look to you as a longtime friend. I think you were. Um, you know, a crucial part in, 
I would say reinventing Game Informer. I feel like the last two years, with all the new hires, you know, we've we've we have injected some new blood and some new life into a company that was, um, I feel like surviving after the the first round of layoffs in 2019. Um, and I think you know from anecdotally, I've heard just you know how how bad it was here and and how people like you who come in with like this positive fresh spirit um and excitement about their job and and games um just really from from what i have understood um and from my perspective that has helped to you know renew game informer and you know help drive forward this new vision um you helped you know you're pivotal to you know, the magazine, I'll let Blake speak because he's the one who worked with you the closest. But just from my perspective, I know we didn't work with each other every day, but we worked with each other pretty often. And you're just like such a funny person. I love that if I was going to, you know, oh, I got to do time steps on my own now. If I was going to talk shit to you, um, like you would give it right back. And uh, when I didn't know you, I wasn't sure like how that that relationship would go. Like I was kind of like, not walking on eggshells, but like when you're, you're when, when you're meeting somebody, you you kind of have to feel out the relationship. And I remember early on, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I I made a joke that was a dumb joke, and you gave it right back to me. And I was like, oh, this is awesome! Like we have this like uh, chemistry, this friendship, and um, it's been great to kind of continue to continue continue to develop that um, throughout the last year. And uh, yeah, it's just honestly been a privilege to work with you jill i think everything you touched um you made better and um it was also just great to learn from you you taught me a lot about writing and um you gave great edits um when i occasionally would you know write something for um for the website or magazine you're just always there to lend a helping hand i think you're brilliant i loved your ideas for stories and your your um your hunt for like those indie gems. I mean, you did a lot more than just that, but I really do think you developed like um, that side of Game Informer in a way. You know, I think you've, we call you the indie informer on the show because like you are always great about, you know, you are a tastemaker in a, in a marketplace that is so saturated. Um, and you are, you're just really attentive and just a great person to work with. And I can't say enough good things about you. And uh, I'm really going to miss you. But I'll toss it over to Blake real quick if that's okay, Blake. What's up, Jill? What can you say? My God, uh, my partner in crime on the magazine team. You know the underdogs under the tyrants above us. Matt Miller, you know a tyrant. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Or am I? Uh, no, Jill. Like you know, I, what was funny? Uh, I I was I was familiar with you through your time on MinMax before joining, but I will ad admit not super familiar with your written work before you joined Game Informer. Um, you were just, you were someone I really enjoyed on the MinMax show. And I remember when you, our first issue meeting you were ever in, you had your idea to talk to indie developers, not about like their game or whatever. Well, I guess kind of about their game, but the like, the, the kind of the, the pitfalls and the less glamorous parts of being an indie developer you talked to uh the, the tunic team and stardew uh, valley team uh red hook right anyway and uh valheim as well okay one. yeah i remember you pitching that idea and it being out the gate so strong and just being like 
not surprised isn't the right word like very impressed that like you were hitting the ground running that hard because i remember when i started a game informer i pitched like the most softball ever i was like whatever i'm too scared and jill you showed fearlessness in your writing is what i would say you like from the jump were always going the extra mile pitching ideas that were better than everyone else's uh i remember early on being a little jealous of how good your ideas were and i feel like that made me want to you know try to match your caliber which i don't think i ever did to be quite honest but um i'm gonna miss you a lot i knew uh i couldn't if you were editing a piece of mine i couldn't get i couldn't slip things by you you know occasionally (laughs) occasionally you kind of try to phone it in on a paragraph or two and if jill's like i'm jumping on this pass i'm like well crap no, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, you know, I, I knew certainly it. never ever came to you and lovingly and respectfully cursed at you. Uh-oh. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but the, the the point being, you you always knocked it out of the park with whatever you did, writing, editing, um, just being a pleasant coworker. I remember uh, here's here's a fun fact about Jill as a person. Uh, when we were going through Summer Games Fest, which was a busy time. I assume you did this to more people than just me. I don't know. But Jill sent me a message on Slack, not asking for help with anything, not asking me to work on anything, just to say, like, I hope you're doing all right right now. It's very busy, and I hope you're holding up. And I just remember that being, I was very stressed out, and that made me feel so good. Um, So you're going to be sorely missed, Jill. But as I have, as your coworker, I've had nothing but respect for you. And as now your former coworker, I have nothing but respect for you. Just like being like, no, I'm not putting up with it. I want to remember this place is a good place. It's time for me to back out. I think that yeah. uh, shows incredible strength and, and it's very, very commendable. And what I, whatever you're doing next, it sounds way cooler than what I'm doing right now. So I will continue to be jealous and in awe of you forever. Yeah. And, and to that point, Jill, you know, you mentioned it yourself, but you, you don't really have anything lined up right now. You're kind of like, as you said, you want to preserve your memory of Game Informer. And so you're stepping away uh, in response to the layoffs, right? Yes, that's correct. I don't have any plans at the moment. I am sort of taking a moment to catch my breath and look over things. And then I'll step back and see, you know, what options are happening. But I, I am certainly not disappearing. I am not going anywhere. I am. My love of indies is never going to end. Um, so. Hopefully I can jump back on if, you know, Van Aken allows me and of course. kind of rave about, <laughs> a rave about whatever my latest uh, obsession is. Um, but yeah, I hope to be around and be around soon. So keep an eye out for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. These, these always feel like we're eulogizing someone, but like yeah. Jill's alive. <laughs> we should, should not like, yeah, we're not, I promise. We're, we're not like euthanizing her when she leaves game informer like she's still gonna be around but like the point is uh at least for me on the magazine team which is not to discredit wes who i'm very excited to work closer with to be honest before all this happened i was trying to poach wes for the magazine team um but you know like as someone who worked with you every day jill like it's definitely going to um i don't want to say impact negatively but it's where i'm going to fill your absence on a day-to-day basis but you know that is quickly replaced by happiness for what you're doing next if that makes sense yeah i can i can i can think of several outlets that would that are in san francisco that would be incredibly lucky to pick up jill should jill want to work there uh so i think you're gonna be just fine jill i really respect you for your your decision 
And I hope you do get a get to have like a you know season of rest, however long it may be. Uh, you've definitely earned it. So, well, with that, we'll we'll kick it over to Wes real quick. Yeah. Um. With you know, with Jill, she got hired a few months before me, and and I was on the online side. She was on the magazine side, so we didn't get to work together too much. Um. So really, like my relationship with Jill, other than like you know friends and coworkers, was kind of just like being a fan of her work and and reading it when it came out in the magazine or online, um, or appreciating her edits that she would give me when she helped out the online team. Um, the piece Blake was alluding to the aftermath of success, I think it was called. Yeah. That's still like just such a fantastic piece. And the thing I've always admired about your work is that the way the, the industry covers triple a gaming you do for indies. And I think that's like so important because indies deserve as much time and attention as triple a games and you're like the leading indie coverage person out there i think any outlet would be should absolutely pick you up and just give you a whole indie vertical section something to continue doing what you do um and you you know you have your love of indies especially tunic um and uh i still need to play that by the way which i have it downloaded this week i'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen um but yeah i think any outlet if you would want would be happy to have you and um, your voice here and your excitement and enthusiasm for games is going to be um, sorely missed here at Game Informer. And yeah, I completely respect and understand and admire your decision and much in the same way that you're kind of leaving now so that you don't really tarnish your feelings on Game Informer. Like for me personally, like in a weird way, you've kind of restored my like feelings on Game Informer. You know, I left two weeks ago on an incredibly bad note, obviously. And, um, your extremely admirable act is now kind of bringing back the light I once had for Game Informer. And that truly means the world. And it's such a bittersweet and sad thing, but like, thank you. Like you, you brought a, a, like I was in a very not great space. It was a tough time. And in a weird roundabout way, your decision kind of brought me back up. And so, We'll always have this strange, bizarre turn of events connection between each other. And I'm so excited to see where, wherever you go next, whatever you do next, I will be a fan. Yeah. Uh, Jill, I mean, I, I know we, we plug your, your Twitter every week at F-I-N-R-U-I-N, at Finruin. But is, is that the place for people to keep up with you? Is there somewhere else you want people to go to follow your work? No. Where, that is the hundred percent the place. I don't keep up okay. with social media to too much degree for mental health. Uh, but if I'm doing anything, I will be sure to let people know at uh, like you said at f i n r u i n. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna get back into um, the main part of the show. Uh, topic of the week. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Topic of the week this week is our Stray Review Discussion. It is the game about being a cat published by Annapurna Interactive, developed by Blue 12. It is a short adventure game. He plays a cat in a walled off city from the surface. And, you know, you are trying to reunite with your cat friends and helping out some robot 
citizens along the way. Uh, it's a really neat game. I've really enjoyed playing it. But we've got Blake here who actually reviewed it for us. Uh, he scored it an eight. He really liked it, it seems. Blake, let's talk about Stray. How are you feeling? I mean, it's kind of like you said. You play as a cat in a walled-off city. You hang out with robots. Um, it's really cool. This is a game I had been interested in for seven years. Well, how long ago is 2016? Has it been that long? Yeah. Whenever it first showed up in Kill Screen magazine or on their website, um, God, God rest their soul. Um, that's when I started being excited for it. Every now and then, this game would like show up in a GIF and be like, "What the hell is this little cat game?" And it was like, "That's one of those games you see." One of those games where it's like, man, that looks great. That's definitely never coming out. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> it actually came out. Um, and it's awesome. Like, I, it's, you know, I kind of feel the same way about Neon White as I did for this game. Obviously, I liked Neon White quite a bit more, scored it higher. But, like, in terms of what I wanted from a game I was looking forward to for this long, just delivered. It's just a fun little cat simulator. Um. I have not played all of Annapurna's games. I find their shtick to be a little rote at this point. Um, so I, I I don't know if other games match strays in production quality under their umbrella. But as far as the Annapurna... I'm not sure they do. As far as the Annapurna games I've played, right. This feels like the most production-heavy game. And it's rock-solid gorgeous. Like, it is just... So fun to look at the world. And then I think, you know, because you're playing as a cat, it very cleverly implements kitty stuff into the game. Like you kind of have to not as much as I would have liked, but to a um, to a successful degree, you kind of have to rethink your approach to like playing a video game. Because, for example, in any other video game, you would walk up to a, a door you know maybe it's like or a, a a gate that's gated off you know well i can't get through that and this one there's nothing to it you're a cat you just keep walking through and that's a very minute not very interesting example but for lack of a better one popping into my brain right now it's just a small way where you're like oh yeah of course i keep going through this tiny opening it doesn't matter Or like, you know, a ledge you never would look twice at in another video game because it's like, why would I be able to walk on a windowsill is the critical path in this game. I wish there was more of that. I wish it was a little deeper, but like the fact it exists at all and made me rethink about gameplay because I'm this like very agile, tiny character, like it's just awesome. Um, It definitely slips when it wants to be more video gamey. They're like, quote unquote, combat sections or stealth sections that are pretty not great but like when it's just like you're a cat in a city be a cat in a city i'm like damn it feels good to be a cat in a city yeah i I think it's strong suit is like the aspect of gameplay that's associated with like pathfinding and it's not necessarily hard but it's just like okay i've got to get up to that that big neon sign up there there's a dude i gotta talk to how do I how do I do that? Where do I go? And it's none of it's like that challenging, I would say. Like you're pressing X at there's there are button prompts to jump from ledge to ledge. Like you aren't it's not like Mario, it's not a platformer, I would say, really, in the true sense where you can jump off of a ledge and die and like you have to have, you know, skill to jump from platform to platform. It is more of like, yeah, carving that path 
and there's a moment early on in the game that it was it's kind of like it seems like that moment that you had with the going through the grates and the gate my moment was early on in the game there is a barrel and i kept jumping on top of the barrel and it's an open-faced barrel and i'm trying to jump where i clearly need to jump on top of like this little uh you know um umbrella of sorts that's you know too far away for me to jump to so i'm sitting there for like what's had to have been way too long for <laughs> it was like this should not be this challenging and i'm just sitting there racking my brain like how do i get up there and then at one point i was just like casually started walking into the barrel and i was like oh my god i'm a cat i can go inside of the barrel and then it just clicked in my brain and i start running in the barrel like a hamster ball moving the barrel where i needed to go and i'm like of course, I'm a cat. I could fit in here. I can move it that way. Like, there's just like a part of your brain, like a switch in your brain, you have to flip yeah. when you're playing this game. And it's it's not challenging per se. I think all of the puzzles and stuff are pretty straightforward, but they all feel really great. And they all, uh, at least the ones I've I've encountered, I haven't played the whole game yet. Um, but the little things like, oh, I need to get through this window. Uh, oh, there's a paint can here. Uh, what would a cat do? A cat would knock it off the ledge, right? Mm-hmm. And that will might might open up a new path for me. Yeah. Stuff like that uh, is it's just really fun and um, and light. I feel like you know, despite being in this walled off, super dark, you know, moody city, it's it's one of those games that I I just relax to now. And I've played through the first hour twice because I got a PS5 review code, and then I got it. I added it to my Steam library yesterday when it launched, and um, yeah, it's just been it's been great. I've been having a really good time with it. It's a charming little game. I feel like that's a that's all you need to say about it. It's charming. It's clever for the most part. Um, which, what more could you want? You know. I'm super excited to um, get started on it. I have it downloaded, but one of the things I really appreciate about appreciate about this game so far, even though I haven't played it, is just the amount of clips and videos and little things that I've seen of people's pets reacting to yeah. the cat. Um, and I do have a cat, so I'm very excited to see whether or not my cat will start meowing as the cats meow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just seen uh, cats just freaking out that there are other cats in the house, but also dogs like trying to chase it and like breaking people's TVs. So <laughs> if that's a concern, like maybe keep an eye on your dog while you're playing this game. <laughs> yeah, the freaking moment I booted this game up, Reagan, who's that clump of blanket right there. I just heard her growling behind me. I was like, oh, wow. All right. I've realized that I have no emotional capacity for humans in video games. Like, you could have, like, the, or I have no uh, reaction, I will say, to like things that happen to, to people in video games if they're humans. Like, I'm just like, okay, it's a video game. Yep, they got hurt. That sucks. I'm never the guy who's like crying over a video game. But the second. You put an animal, a cat specifically, in the slightest of harm's way. I'm just like melting. I'm like, what? Who am I right now? Like early on, the the cat like falls and it's like you know gets scuffed up a little, and you're like, like oh my god! Like inside, I'm like on the verge of tearing up, and I'm like, what is what is happening here? It's it literally just fell off a ledge. It's fine, um, but it's a weird it's a weird thing playing this game. Weird experience. Wes, have you checked this out yet? No, I have it downloaded, um, but I just haven't. I mean, it's only been a day, so I haven't managed to play it yet. Um, and I haven't, I've kind of been disconnected from all things gaming given the past few weeks. So I haven't read any reviews or anything yet, but I will read yours soon, Blake. Um, but you like, better. Is it, I, 
Oh, I will. I wonder with like, you know, with it being a cat and it being like a cyberpunk city, maybe dystopian. I don't know. Like, is it, is this just like a cute cat game or is there something no. deeper going on here? Or There certainly is. It's exploring, you know, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human. The ship oh, of Theseus uh, is referenced and it's all pretty subsurface stuff, but like effective mm. in the way most of those things are. Um, but like there is like a deeper thing than just like you're a cat up to some mischief. Like you definitely like spend time talking to the the citizens of the city, which are all androids and kind of unpacking the uh, I don't know, the uncanny valley of seemingly being a uh, inorganic object that has gained sentience, not the cat. The cat's just a cat. Um, so there's like deeper stuff going on there for sure. but. Yeah, it's fine. Is so the cat is not sentient beyond. No, I mean it's real smart. (laughs) They like kind of. (laughs) So you have like a little buddy with you, a little robot named B twelve, who uh acts as your translator. They never really explain this, which is fine. I don't know why they would explain it. It Would be stupid if they did. But like, (laughs) so the the people in the world basically talk to B twelve who translates what they're saying to you. And there's actually a funny moment where uh, it took me a while to realize because, sorry, I guess spoilers, B12 just isn't there for a moment uh, that no one was talking to me anymore. And I was like, why can't, this is weird. Where's the interaction? And I was like, oh, it's gone. Uh, So there's stuff like that. But the cat's just like, oh, cat. Cute cat. I actually kind of, I think I like, I like the idea of people trauma dumping or asking this cat to do things <laughs> or all these deep themes going on and the cat's just doing what cats do which is like i don't really care yeah. i'm just yeah you do definitely That's play awesome. as like the smartest cat in the world you know able to solve like <laughs> my cat moderately yeah. difficult video game puzzles <laughs> like you're a smart cat Fair. for sure but you're also just chilling i mean real cat like my wilson will he can open cabinets and, and go inside and close them behind him. Like, I feel like he's one step away from being able to solve logic puzzles in real life. So it's not yeah, that far removed were, from reality. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Alex. If there were some sort of treat at the end, I'm sure my cat. Could I've seen video. Have you seen the videos of like the cats that like press the button, push the button Yeah, to yes. talk and communicate? There's one of a dog on TikTok where like they have been training this dog for months to use this like this pad and and it would be like think of like twister but you when you put your foot on the pad it would it would emote for you and so it'd say i'm hungry or outside you know whatever and so the dog was like learning to use this thing to communicate and there was this one video where they put a mirror in the living room not not to like mess with the dog but the dog happened to recognize itself in the mirror and oh no no oh i remember yeah he saw it in the mirror and he pressed the button that said who and the owner was like, that's you, <laughs> sweetie. That's that's you. And then there's like a moment of silence and he like looks distressed. And then he he presses the button and it says, help. And I'm like, oh, my oh, God, you've no. just unlocked this dog's brain. And it is now that's self-aware terrifying. of its existence. <laughs> uh, 
What if but we anyways. could use? What if we used more than three percent of our brain? You know. Wow. Same deep, question. Man. Every time I hear that statistic, our percentage drops. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like I use two percent of my brain on a good day. <laughs> you know what? I feel the, like I'm the, maxing out this bad boy. Yeah, the, as evident by that <laughs> odyssey you just took us on about pets. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know what this game has though is you walk around the world and you can scratch at doors and like sleep on blankets and whatnot. And yeah. It doesn't do anything for you. It's just fun, and you can walk up to a robot and press a button, and you like brush against its leg, and then its little face lights up with a heart, and you're like, "That's that's gaming, baby." People want to talk about this God of War Ragnarok, but can I take Kratos <laughs> and cuddle? in a him in a bunch of blankets i bet i can't sony oh, santa monica probably spent 400 million dollars on that it doesn't have a cuddle <laughs> button get out of my fucking face i was playing on the dual sense since blake took the only pc code even though he doesn't have a steam deck i was really upset about that but it's fine that's such a bizarre why is that bizarre <laughs> okay Man. first and foremost first and foremost <laughs> you only wanted that code so you can play it on the toilet i'm literally reviewing the game for that's my true. job so you'll get what you get that's fair that's fair uh but i did play on the dual sense and when the cat purrs the 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 controller like rumbles a little and it's real cute oh that's fun i should have taken the ps5 code sorry about that no it's no worries no worries take both of them <laughs> um is there a um is there a couch in like a, a couch in the game next to items that the cat would usually scratch but instead they scratch the catch and mm -hmm. ruin that making mm -hmm. the owner a little upset yeah because that yeah. would be yeah. great yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of good moments cool. that as if you're a cat owner i don't want to spoil it I, I know people have talked about it on tw so, social media but there's a moment with the with a cat harness that's really funny Oh um, yeah. Like I was like, this is so good. And I wonder if those moments are lost on people that aren't cat owners and don't aren't familiar with like those. You I mean, know. I don't have you cats. Asking if Blake had the credentials to review this. Game. I am, I yeah. Yeah. I don't have cats, but like I've been alive on the earth and That's so true. I That's understand true. how cats operate, that common thing in the world. Well, um, I mean, so. I, I I was ignorant to a lot of cat stuff until I had a cat. Is that first time? When, first when time my cat. Call of, when you play Call of Duty, are you also like, I don't know if I <laughs> have the credentials to play this? The first time my cat walked by a wall and did like a little backflip off of it, I was like on Instagram stories, like, my cat just did this. And somebody like messaged me and they said, Yeah, like, all cats do cat. that. And I was like, Cool, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, not all cats, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's stray. Oh. Do we have anything else we want to say before we move on? I'm still um, pro dog. Wow. I played Stray and I still think Oh, we're not on camera anymore. Never mind. Um I'm I'm still unfortunately Stray couldn't win me over. I still think dogs 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 rule, catch drool. Stray too. The game have been better with a dog. Yeah. If they made a sequel and it was a dog, would it Dude, be better? Dude, that game a would be so funny because cats like are smart creatures and dogs are dumb as rocks <laughs> it would be so funny to play as a dog also there's i this just reminded me because cats are also a little dumb but not dog dumb because dogs are dog dumb but like <laughs> uh, you can put your head in a paper bag yeah yeah <laughs> the controls completely invert because you can't see oh it. my god that's so amazing. funny and then you can't take it off oh. you have to just like mess with it for a while until it finally shakes off your head it's awesome Good game. That's amazing. Good game. Real good game. I, I like it a lot. It's given me a lot of laughter in a otherwise p 
poopy time. Um, you should build Gundams. I should. I almost. I. I yeah, we've. I think I've told the story on Don't the show. Don't encourage him, Vinick, and run. I'll take you to. I'll take you to Hub Hobby after we finish recording. I gotta go. Well, I'm in Virginia right now, so. Oh yeah. Never mind. Yeah. We could Facetime each other, and I'll go to the hobby store here. You go to the one there. I bought like two hundred dollars worth of miniatures after Christmas with my Christmas money. And yeah, what'd you do with like, the next day? Yeah, return them. <laughs> you know the story. I felt so bad. I was like, thank God it's a different employee because the amount of time he invested in me getting the sale, I could I wouldn't have been able to face him, honestly. Um, why'd you return them? Because I knew I was hyper fixating and I was gonna drop it in two weeks later, like all my other hobbies, but I kind of wish I would have just indulged. Yeah. And maybe maybe I will. Maybe I should indulge in that. Cuz I think it'd be it'd be a lot it'd be very therapeutic painting miniatures. I've actually got a couple that I didn't return, so I just need to uh, I didn't I don't I don't paint mine. Um Oh, we've gone down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, I don't, we, paint, I don't It's all it's gaming it. adjacent, you know. I don't <laughs> paint mine. Look, look, here's here's this this not a true rabbit hole. I got to go to Hub Hobby cuz I am expensing a Gundam for work. So this is work related. That's right. I'm putting it on the corporate credit card. Thank you, Zach Hovland. Elliot Wilk, shouts out. Uh, I got to grab dinner later (laughs) and expenses. I'm only here for a couple of days. What can I expect? No, I had to ask for permission, but I will say after some events a couple of weeks ago, I did try to get Alex Dadnick to nefariously use his corporate card to buy like $80 <laughs> dinner. <laughs> he didn't he do did. it. He's a better man than me. He didn't succumb uh, to it. Yeah. But I did convince someone at Game Informer to let me have $40. So. Wow. I'm excited to see you build it on stream. Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Yeah. Blake's a streaming man now. Yeah, but, um, the, they're calling me the new Ludwig. Is that a streamer? Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that yeah. one? Of that, I absolutely knew you had taken that moment, and they're like, oh, God, who, who's a streamer? What's a streamer name? <laughs> well, it, it took me, the, all the ones that immediately popped to mind were people who have definitely said, like, slurs on camera and are still make millions of dollars a year. So I was like, hopefully Ludwig's fine. Yeah, Ludwig's yeah. the guy that, like, did the, like, 80-hour, no, like, month-long live stream, right? I think so. Sure. He seems cool. I'd be I saw him, him play Rust one time. Friend of the on show. On a server Ludwig. with people. Let's take a quick break. We're going to get Reiner in here talking about Live Alive and his time in Las Vegas playing Saints Row. So we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Game Informer Show. This is the playlist, the part of the show where we talk about the games that we've been playing. It's been a lot going on. We've been talking. I mean, I think the majority of us have been playing Stray, if we've been playing anything. Uh, But Reiner actually went out to Las Vegas to play Saints Row, the upcoming reboot of the popular series, of course, as well as uh, Live Alive you've been playing. So we're going to talk about both of them. I'd like to talk about Saints Row first, Reiner. We've... This is a game that was on our cover. I was part of the cover story. I've played the game myself. Granted, um, much, much earlier in development than you have. So I'm curious, you know, what kind of updates we're seeing, how the game feels, all that. 
Yeah, so I got to play from the beginning of the game. This is near launch version. You know, they, they still have time to patch it. We live in that day and age of there will probably be a day one patch, day two patch, <laughs> week, yeah. you know, one month patch, all that stuff. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, I got to play four hours from the beginning and they just said, do whatever you want, basically. Um, so, you know, I started out with the campaign and then got to do some side activities and just kind of the, the general takeaway is I really enjoyed it. I, I'm a big fan of Saints Row 3. Uh, I like the goofiness and superhero aspect of 4, but I think it started to lose its way at that point. Went really silly with that DLC where you went to hell. Uh, this is yeah, it's, it's hard to like it's hard to bring that back down after you've kind of reached that ceiling of ridiculousness. Yeah. And this is back to three. And what what's interesting about it is it's like 3.5. That is both a good thing and a bad thing. And the, the good thing is it's the formula that worked the best for Saints Row. And they're just they're picking away. They're, they're hitting that as hard as they can. The bad aspect of that is it does still kind of feel like an old gen game. Uh, mm. You know, it's it's very ambitious in terms of scope and the amount of content there, but it's all a little rough, right? Like gunplay doesn't feel as good as you want it to be. The graphics aren't quite as sharp as you want it to be. The art design's great. Don't get me wrong, but it's like the level of detail just isn't quite there in the animations sure. and and uh, vehicles and stuff like that. But those are minor complaints. If you like Saints Row 3, I think, you know, in four in my four hour span, I was like, yeah, I'm right back there. I, I'm glad I'm playing a new Saints Row in this vein. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Got to play at co-op. So I got to oh, see... Oh, wow. Awesome. Got to see some of those hijinks where when your friend jumps in, you get a new mission that's unique to you. They don't know what you're doing. And it could be just driving oncoming traffic, which is something you do anyways, because you're getting experience points for doing that. But if you do that for a certain amount of seconds you unlock a prank that you could play on your your friend okay they were hinting at this during the cover story but wouldn't say yeah. what it was okay so i didn't get to pull off my prank but the guy from volition i was playing with did and as a mid battle against the swarm of enemies a swarm of bees is all around me like blanketing most of the screen they're not hurting me but they're just messing with me and messing with my you know, my aiming and all that stuff. And he's laughing his ass off. Right. But it's like we finished the battle and the swarm of bees was still on me in the cutscene. You know, so it's, it's got that kind of goofiness to it, that that level of absurdity that almost breaks the game, but works because it's Saints Row, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. There's like a lack of self-seriousness there, which I guess is kind of what that series has become. I, I, how does the wingsuit feel? Because that was the wingsuit and the vehicles were the highlight for me of my time. I played for a couple of days. It was the same build over and over, um, probably like two to three hours of actual content. But I kept going back to the wingsuit and I kept going back to the cars because I felt like both of those were the most promising. I agree. Like I was, I think my biggest concern is the gunplay. I thought it felt really uh, weak. But yeah. the other the, the stuff that I really liked was, like I said, the more mo mobility, the traversal felt really fun to me. Yeah, I'll start with your first question about the wingsuit. It feels great. Uh, diving in it, it has the momentum you'd expect when you're gliding. I kind of want it to be a little faster, but it feels good, right? Like you feel like mm -hmm. you could do what you want. Weave under a bridge like you, yeah. you have that kind of mobility. Uh, the cars are ridiculous. 
they don't make any sense physics wise because you could turn <laughs> on a turn on a dime and then you could just have them kind of jump to the left or right to smash into other cars like burnout yeah. which is fun because you're smashing cars but if you're you know into if you're a gearhead you're just gonna be like this isn't what, how cars operate but in terms of gameplay mechanics it's fun and then um what was your last one the last question Oh, uh, it was just more of a remark rather than a question. And it sounds like you had a similar experience. The gunplay kind of being one of the weaker aspects yeah, of so the game. I really kind of dove into that for a bit. The gunplay, it has a lock-on system out of the gates. So when you kind of hover over an enemy and you pull the, the look down the sights, it hones in on that enemy. It frames them perfectly. And then you yeah. can kind of flick up on the analog stick very quickly to get a headshot. Yeah. So you could kind of move very quickly from enemies and line up headshots, and that feels really cool. But just the act of aiming doesn't have that intensity you usually have in games where you don't really feel ownership over that that action. You could turn all that off in the options, but the way the game's designed is to have swarms of enemies, pockets of enemies come out almost like a shooting gallery in a lot of the, the battles I was in. So you want to have that. You got to take them out fast. You got to be dodge rolling and moving around. Uh, in relying on this kind of uh, aim assist to, mm -hmm. to help you along. Again, I like it the other way where it's free form and I f I'm lining it all up myself and, and I feel like a badass doing that. This is a little gimmicky and gamey, but it kind of works again because it's Saints Row, right? Like you're just, bodies dropping left and right. There's all sorts of wacky stuff going on, explosions, and uh, it all kind of fits together. Word. That's out in August, right? Is that yeah, end of big? August. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm excited to play that one. I'm I'm looking for that game to just like allow me to turn my brain off and just run around an open world for a little while. I probably won't even finish it, but like I'm just looking forward to a game that doesn't take itself seriously and I can just have fun in and I'm excited the the pranks seem like I was very curious because they brought that up a couple times but couldn't elaborate at the time. That sounds like uh, incentive because originally I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna play this co op. Uh, that's <laughs> sounds like the kind of incentive that I would want. Um, just like it almost reminds me of like, hear me out, uh, Risk of Rain and the way that that game does things that totally break the game and don't make sense, but it just lets you do it yeah. and doesn't, doesn't get in its own way. And the game is better for that, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense. So, uh, yeah, I I'm mean down for the wacky, you know. Yeah, that's Saints Row. It's like one minute, you know, I'm a human character that's in a very dramatic moment saving a teammate. The next one I'm playing is a toilet. You know, that that's just that's how it goes in, in this world. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of cool. They have their own little little market kind of locked up of being this goofy open world experience. And I'm glad they're leaning into that and getting it back to kind of the basics of the series. Awesome. Uh, well, let's get into Live Alive then. The second game that you've been playing, you reviewed this, right? Or it did, yeah. Tell me about it. You know, I saw the the talent attached. You know, Square Enix. It's uh, one of the creators from Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV, Takeda, I believe. And I was intrigued by that. I was like, I, those are two of my favorite games of all time, like hands down. You know, that's kind yeah. of why I'm. Where I am today is because of games like that on Super Nintendo. That's where the passion really kind of set in. So a game from this creator that never came stateside, that has been remastered in that HD 2D uh, format. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on board for this. I want to see what it's all about. I expected 
an RPG along those lines of those two games. That's not what this is at all. Uh, when you boot up Live Alive, there is no story. You're just dropped onto a character select screen and you have to pick from one of seven different lead characters, all from desperate parts of, of the timeline, the, from a troglodyte in prehistory, you know, caveman basically what? to to <laughs> uh, a robot wearing a baseball cap in the far future on a spaceship in deep space you know trying to figure out a murder mystery there to you know the the, the prehistory era is before speech so none of the characters can talk it's all pantomimed and animated uh this what? game goes all over the place so in in between these these timelines you have modern day you have feudal Japan, you have the near future, you have all these different viewpoints that tell very different stories with quite different gameplay as well. So you don't know what you're getting when you go into each of them. And that's such a huge hook. Both or all of them last about between a chapter lasts about 30 minutes to two hours, your time with this character. And then not to spoil things, but there's something that unifies them that there's a reason why you're playing these characters that you you find out later. Uh, and I don't even that's a spoiler. Like what happens after you beat all seven of these chapters? I don't want to say that because that's a big that's a great carrot to dangle in front of the character, the, the player. Right. Like it's like that's cool. Like this game is just constantly shifting gears and then there's going to be more. And I don't even know what that's going to be. Uh, it's simple, like an old school Super Nintendo in terms of. You're moving around the world. Sometimes it's an open world you're exploring. Sometimes it's just a small city like the Wild West. That's one of the, the timelines that you play. You play as someone like uh, Clint Eastwood, a drifter, man with no ma name. Roll into this town. You got to save him from bandits. There's profanity in this game, which I didn't see coming. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but there is a sex scene that you don't get to see, but you click through the what moans and moments no wow D directed by uh, david jaffe yeah. i gotta play this game <laughs> i gotta play this one uh, so you, you just don't know what to expect from it and that's the biggest hook it has yeah. is just how different it is some of the chapters are better than others the robot in space you're on an elevator too much going between floors like they just didn't design it that well the Wild West, just it all clicks. It's really fun and you want more of that. So when that chapter ends, you're like, oh, I could use a chapter two, three and four, but you don't know what happens after you finish, you know, the the first seven. So maybe you will get that. Uh, yeah. All told, it's not as long as your typical JRPG. It's about 20, 30 ish hours, depending how thorough you are in some of these worlds. But it's one of those games, I, I, I say this a lot, but it's just, I couldn't put it down just because I wanted to see what was next and I was having fun and it was goofy and different and and it just kind of hit at the right time for me. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. First off, this game sounds awesome. Uh, is it only, uh, it took me also weeks to realize this was not a video game version of Kill a Kill, which I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn, they made a game out of that? Can't wait to look that up. And I looked it up. I was like, this is not what I thought it was. Um, is it only on, <laughs> is it only on switch? It is. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't I even go into, the, there's one thing that unifies all of them in terms of gameplay and that's combat. It's turn-based on a grid system. Okay. So you'll have an attack that could 
you know, a spell that yeah. takes up eight blocks. Sometimes it's just all over the place, like rain. Uh, but you got to figure out where your character should be, how to be defensive, um, level them up. Even though you're only with them a couple hours, every level you gain, you get serious stat boosts and then a new attack. So you might need an attack or a spell that might heal you. You might not have that if you don't level enough for a boss. <laughs> so um, they do encourage playing thoroughly, you know, making sure you're taking on all the enemies that you come across and exploring as much as you can. I just think it's fun. It's different. I don't know why it didn't come stateside. Maybe I'm uh, going to be the outlier in liking it, but um, I think Square did a really nice job of restoring it, making it look beautiful today. You know, it has those sprite graphics that throw you back to the Super Nintendo, but I think the worlds, the spoken dialogue, all that feels very modern. Uh, and it's just unlike anything else out there. So, yeah, definitely don't sleep on this one. I think it's I think it's fantastic. Honestly, I was going to sleep on this one. <laughs> I had no interest in this until like lay on you... it in your bed. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to actually <laughs> go buy the game cartridge, put it on my bed, you know. Uh, no, I, and when you said the, the thing about the cavemen and there's no speaking, I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Cause most <laughs> of the time JRPGs can't shut up. And so when they have an entire chapter, that's pantomimed, it sounds really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really into this. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you'll dig it. And like I said, if you, even if you don't like one of the chapters or the, the scenes that you're in, it's very short, right? You're not going to spend yeah. more than a couple hours in it and then you're on to the next one and maybe you like that one or you love it. Yeah, it's it's different and it's really cool. Surprising. I'm adding it to my GG app playlist to check out. So, cool. Well, thanks for talking about those games with us, Reiner. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you making time for us. Um, yeah, we're going to get on into uh, listener questions slash housekeeping. So we'll, we'll be right back right after this quick break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Game Informer Show. We are jumping into listener emails right now. You can send all your comments, concerns, rants, hopes, dreams to hmm to feedback at gameinformer.com. Nope. Podcast at gameinformer.com. Uh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Alex, take it from here. Yeah, well, actually, Blake, we're gonna do housekeeping first before we get into listener emails. But okay, come on. Uh, housekeeping always I'm starts doing off. my best. Hey, you did great. You, <laughs> You should host this show, man. Yeah. As many are saying. Uh, we've got uh, no new podcast review this week. Listen, I get it. You know, lots been going on. You know, family vacations. Uh, Stray was coming out. Uh, I'm trying to think of other big events that happened in the last two weeks. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Mm. No. You haven't had time to leave a review. Maybe you didn't want to. I get it. But I'm here to tell you today. Please. Please, God, leave me a review. It's just me now. Alex is gone. I need to validate my my skills as hosting. So even if you want to send me a three-star, I'll take it, honestly. I would prefer five-star on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But, you know, you got to be honest, but at least be constructive with it, okay? I don't want any of these one-star, you've got a neckbeard reviews that they send me on YouTube, okay? My peers are going to see this. So please make it a good review. And I'm going to shout you out on the next episode if you do that, because you're doing me a solid here. You're making me look cool. 
in front of my, you know, Alex Stadnick. He's going to be listening. He's going to be like, this man's not getting any podcast reviews now that I'm gone. But I got to prove him wrong, you know? Uh, so please go leave a review. It really does help us out. Helps us climb the charts on, on Apple Podcasts, especially. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Really, really do. Um, do you think your peers read the reviews? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. They don't. They don't have anything really? better to be doing. We talk about it. They, I mean, I don't, we have a group. I don't like a group Discord. <laughs> a Facebook group. I don't them. like go yeah. read podcast <laughs> reviews for like GameStop, GameSpot. Podcast. That's why you're not in the group, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my mistake. My mistake. But anyways, uh, I do appreciate the podcast reviews. If you've got them in you, we appreciate it. It does help us out. Uh, website features. We wanted to, um, or and magazine. I want to spotlight some some stuff you should go be reading on gameinformer.com uh and in the magazine which you can actually get a digital copy of the magazine uh i just learned this last week we've got a i knew we had an app but i didn't realize you could just subscribe in it uh and so you could download the game informer app uh get that going uh, the digital edition and you can read all about the cool features i know last last uh mag we had the Derek u piece that blake worked on i took photographs for uh, it was a really cool piece. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily my recommendation. I mean, I, it is a recommendation. I guess it will be my recommendation. I didn't want to take it in case that was Blake's. But he did a great job pulling that piece together. I mean, being on that trip with him, climbing caves with Derek Yu, the creator of Spelunky. I don't want to say too much because we've got more coming on that. But Blake did a great job. I really like the personal angle and like the almost felt like I was reading, you know, a chapter in a book. Uh, rather than like a piece about a video game, and I really liked that. Um, Thank you. It was real Thank cool. You. So good job, Blake. And if and if there are any other game developers listening right now that would like to have me come put them in harm's way, the way I did Derek, you <laughs> let me know. You know, I'm open. You know, we we went spelunking with the creator of Spelunky. Maybe Hello Games. I mean, y'all made No Man's Sky. Let's go to space. Yeah. I'm trying to go to space. Imagine what we could do. <laughs> IO Interactive. Oh, God. <laughs> you go assassinate targets. What's up? Oh What's up? We need to make this an entire, like, long continuing thing. We'll call it, like, Escape Blake. Yeah, that'd be From cool. From Tarkov? Go to hell with it <laughs> yeah. software. We're going yeah. to Tarkov. You know what was the story I really wanted to do for a while? Was, uh, and then it just didn't work out with the pandemic. Was... Uh, not too long ago, uh, someone on Twitter uploaded images of, um, actually I say not too long ago, this was like early pandemic, uploaded images of the town or the city that Verdansk was based on. Wow. And it was far Ooh. more one-to-one than I anticipated. Maybe not in terms of layout, but in terms of landmarks. And I was like, it would be so cool to go there, but now it's 2022. Warzone, obviously still a big deal, but not as big a deal. Also, Verdansk, I don't believe is in the game anymore. So, unfortunately, ship has, ship has probably sailed on that one. As for um, my recommendation, read the whole dang magazine. You know, how can I choose one? Just go read the whole thing and uh, buy Tyson Chicken Nuggets. You'll open the magazine. You'll see an ad in there for Tyson Chicken Nuggets. Go buy some. Yeah. Especially if you can <laughs> click a link in there. <laughs> Get you some chicken nuggies. You deserve it, folks at home. They're dino shaped too. I think if I hell yeah, they're dino shaped. <laughs> and if you're a vegetarian or vegan, Morningstar's got you covered. Don't know if they buy ad space on our magazines though. Mm. <laughs> All 
All right, then. Um, for me, <laughs> I will draw attention to the two pieces of Jill's I mentioned earlier in the show, um, The Aftermath of Success. It's an excellent piece about Valheim, Stardew Valley, and Darkest Dungeon. And Making of Tunic, of course, from the world's number one Tunic fan. Um, yeah. And then also... What was it? I just I just read it in the magazine, the Sonic one. Indie Takeover or something you wrote? Indie, did. Indie, Indie Invasion. invasion. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I, theme. Um, yeah. Um, it's a great theme. It's um you do it better than everyone else. And yeah, read Jill's pieces and follow her work. That's what I say. Can I go again real quick? I realize I get shouted out chicken nuggets and not a piece. Yeah, you should probably <laughs> change that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Jill has a piece on the Kirby series that I will be honest, I didn't know anything about Kirby before I read that, other than he's a little pink ball. And I read that piece and found it endlessly fascinating. I love pieces like that, where it's like a topic I don't really care about, and then by the end of it, I'm like fully engaged with the piece. And I remember editing that Kirby piece and being very into it. Um, also, did we put the pictures in it, it on the online version, Jill, of like uh miyamoto There's and the one picture of well don't don't give away the secret it's not miyamoto i'm just kidding <laughs> it's miho mihoyo yes, we do the creators of genshin impact picture. yeah that's right um okay gotcha yeah those pictures were adorable um so go seek uh, that out because so it's online now right i believe so yes okay, it is cool. up online word awesome yeah. also tyson chicken nuggets jill what word. what do you want to plug in the magazine or or website um any any last pieces you want people to go read of yours before you you head out the door? Yeah, so I feel weird because everybody's shouting out my pieces. I wasn't prepared for that. Um, so I'm just going to continue that trend, yeah. I guess. Um, I, I have – it's weird because the magazine works in such a way that you're always about two months ahead of time. So I have to think about what might actually be out yeah. soon. Yeah. And I and what I can't talk about, I know there is one coming out in, I think might be August's issue, possibly, mm. or is it July's? Whatever, it, it, you'll probably get it in August, uh, where I talked about E3 and sort of looked over the history of that and had some really cool conversation pieces to kind of pick apart for that one. So please keep an eye out for that. Um, and then... As sort of a, a last hurrah, I was really happy to be able to update the uh, adventure list on the website. I saw that. Uh, we put, yeah, we put Stray on there, uh, linked up to uh, Blake's brilliant review of it. So go check that out. Check out Stray. I was looking at that list last night, actually, because it was on Instagram uh, and Kristen posted it. And I was looking at them like, we got some good games on there. It's like, it's the, yeah, the top adventure list. games to play right now, right? It's not like the definitive yes. list of adventure games but like of all yeah time, really no. good ones that you can play right the now ones that are exactly that are bopping around in the zeitgeist so that you can kind of be involved in what's happening with adventure games and uh i'm really excited about stray being on it word well awesome uh of course uh go check out all of that uh on in the game informer magazine of course you can get that in the app store go ahead and download that or head over to gameinformer.com uh, we've also got twitch streams uh, on thursdays and fridays typically uh i don't know if we've stuck to that schedule since the layoffs I'm not, i know we streamed we streamed here and there uh, last week we actually alex is going away stream he played visage 
and halfway through <laughs> the best dream that ever existed oh my maybe? god halfway through i realized i could trigger custom sounds in his headphones from the coffee shop i was working at <laughs> that only <laughs> only he, he could, could hear. hear but it's through and the, the stream could hear it uh alex and the viewer could could hear it and uh we had a lot of fun with that he was playing visage and uh, just so many noises that went into his headphones that scared the hell out of him it was a lot of fun i played the uh the unseen ghost who was just <laughs> yeah. a little too happy i think i'm gonna try to get that one up on the youtube page i typically don't do please our stream do. archives because they're do. awful for our seo health on the channel but that one that one's important to put up i think it was so much fun uh but yeah you can go and watch those streams over at twitch.tv slash game informer be sure to follow us there you can you know follow us with alerts so you do get notified when we go live but typically yeah we do aim for thursdays and fridays but maybe you'll get some bonus streams here in the future with now that mr blake is set up and uh you know rear into stream so we'll see what we'll see what happens there uh head over to youtube.com slash game informer this week check out the video version of our stray review uh we've got um i believe uh, an ngt of saints row that reiner and i are talking i think by the time you hear this that is probably live um so go check that out and then some very exciting bigger features that i've been working on in the next couple of weeks going up on the page I don't, i'm not sure how busy the page is going to be until I finish those projects, but they will be uh, well worth watching. Um, yeah, one of those documentaries uh, that I've been t that I talked about last week. Um, I'm trying to have that done in the next couple weeks, and uh, it's going to be a multi-video series. Um, should be cool. So keep an eye out, keep an eye out over on our YouTube channel. Uh, lastly, follow us on social media. You can follow Jill, follow all of her future work and her past work at finruin that's f-i-n-r-u-i-n follow wes welcome him back to the gi family if you haven't yet at leblanc wes that's l-e-b-l-a-n-c-w-e-s follow blake at rad muir on twitter and you can follow me at it's van aiken uh that'll do it for housekeeping this week don't forget to check out the other podcasts we have video gameography all things nintendo and from panel to podcast let's get into the listener emails which you can send us emails at podcast at gameinformer.com or by joining the discord which you get access to by subscribing to us on twitch um and there is a game informer show channel in there you can leave us questions just like a bunch of people did this week zach e says now that stadnik is gone what's the most embarrassing story you have of him oh god i'm trying to think there's just so many you know he's <laughs> I thought of one I wasn't even there for, but it makes me laugh every time. What? Uh, oh, I don't remember what holiday it was. Uh, it was last year. It was not too long after I moved here. Maybe it was a Halloween or a New Year's. There was a party you all went to, and for whatever reason, I didn't go to it. But you and I hung out like the very next day. And, you know, Alex, he's a grown adult. He's of age. He imbibed. And that was fun. But out of curiosity, I was like, oh, it's a like when Alex is a little, little drunksy. And you just looked at me and you went, belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that all the time. I've never seen Alex drunk, and that's the only knowledge I have. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Cracks me up. That is so time. good. I um, had an important 
notification come up on my phone the second you started reading the question and I completely missed the question and I'm desperately trying to piece together what it is. <laughs> well, good luck because I'm not and telling you. You just changed it to the most embarrassing West stories at this point? I'm trying. So this is most embarrassing. Okay, this is most... Oh, this must be about most embarrassing static yes. story then. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. My brain's working in real time. Thanks everybody for joining me in that embarrassing static um, story i don't have an embarrassing story about stadnik to be honest i didn't get to hang out with them in real life ever obviously you know i'm in florida and remote um and all my memories of him were just how nice and positive and helpful he was and when things went really bad video wise he was always super great about mm. helping me fix it with a smile yesterday morning me and van aiken <laughs> went to get coffee with alex before he left and Stadnik said something so offensive that VA and my, both me and at VA, our first reaction was, I'm glad you're moving. <laughs> so there's an I can't repeat what he said, but let me, I bet he was embarrassed to have said it in public. It was awful. Man, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can really think of is there was one time we were all recording the Game Informer podcast and we wrapped and immediately the look on Stanek's face just turned to like ashen white with like anger mm. and fear at the same time and we're like are, are you okay he's like none of that recorded oh god <laughs> it was the worst and he just looked so unhappy and i don't know if that's particularly embarrassing but it was the one and only time i've ever seen him in that sort of emotional state alex stadnik one time called his teacher mom (laughs) 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 alex stadnik one time farted in church during silent prayer (laughs) oh i hate it when that happens i can't even get through these the power of the lord yeah i don't know he wasn't that i feel like he didn't do that many embarrassing things there it's just Alex Stadnik once slipped on a banana peel in front of everyone fell into the trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex Stadnik likes Minnesota. Oh, that's top, embarrassing. Top 5 embarrassing moments when Alex oh. Stadnik told us that Minnesota was in the top 5 skylines of the world. Minneapolis. Yes, I forgot about <laughs> that. Anywhere. That was I've like I, I I've never been so ready to cut all communication with a human being. <laughs> when this man, as we could see the skyline, said without irony, top five skyline, and he tries to backtrack it and be like, I didn't say in the world, I said in the country. He said in the world. <laughs> he said in the world. And like like it might be top 30 in the united states at best in the world you're out of your mind alex static get out of here we won't top, let him live that one down. top five embarrassing static moments going to an indian restaurant and him asking if the tikka masala is spicy because he's still leaning into the spice i'm like brother oh. we're in an indian restaurant Hold on, to level that out, top five embarrassing moment for me and VA was when we went to that same Indian restaurant. This is so embarrassing ate for each you. Other's, ate each other's food. No, that was we this ordered, past week. We both, yeah, we ordered, we both ordered two different things. And when they brought it out, we accepted each other's meals and ate it. And at the end was like, oh, we ate the wrong food. No, I let you eat my food because I thought you, we both thought that you ordered the same thing as me. We both got the yeah. the chicken curry 
And, yeah. but and I got the bone. You got on the goat. Goat, goat on bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bony goat. Goat on bone. Stew. Yeah, the bony goat. It was fine. I wanted. I wanted what I ordered, but I think one of the top, at, at the very least, one of the top five most embarrassing moments of Alex Stadnik's life is on that visage stream. <laughs> so please put that up. As All as five might be on that visage it stream. It might well be. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anytime he like screamed because of a fart noise that I would trigger, I was like, this is so embarrassing for you. Yeah. <sighs> oh, so good. I miss him. I miss him already. Thanks for that question, Zach. Uh, next question comes from Rock Party in the Discord asking... With Overwatch 2 looking like Overwatch 1 minus a teammate, what are some other sequels that are hard to tell apart? Let me God let me tell you this. Ragnarok. Let me tell you this, okay? <laughs> I, I put maybe 50 hours into the Overwatch 2 beta uh, this past stint. It's so much more than just Overwatch 1 minus a teammate. I feel like there's like this narrative going around that it's Overwatch 1.5, which to a degree is fair, but I think like people are like using that to like not even try it for themselves and like dismissing it. I think it's genuinely a better game um, for all of these like little minor changes. I think this is a great opportunity for them to wipe the slate clean and like fix the game, honestly, and like really refine it. And it's man, it's so much fun now. But I get it. Um, but as to the actual question, what are some other sequels that are hard to tell apart? God of War Ragnarok. I saw a trailer <laughs> for that today, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what is? Th- what are we doing here?" Uh, Spelunky like, one and two. On. Even I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I mean, yeah, I think that would fall into that yeah. category. Resident Evil one, two, and three. Any of the Gears of War games, <laughs> except for four and five. Oh, hold on. The, the original hold trilogy. On. Come on now, come on! No way, not necessarily <laughs> bad. Come things. at my man Cliff. Don't come at my man Cliffy. Be like that. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Radical Heights in Fortnite 1.0. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Um, not for actual reasons, but um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask use oh, sure. the exact same uh assets, so mm. you could say that they. We're very hard to tell apart, mm. except that they were very different. Yeah. Um, most of the Yakuza games, I'll be honest. Oh, I feel like I have not played these, but I feel like that's going to be a hot take. Yeah, uh, that might be. They all take place in the same sit, like four by four grid. That's the whole point <laughs> of them. And you play as the same character in the exact same open world every game. So miss anybody me. leaving a review for the podcast, please go ahead and reference that. I have dedicated hundreds <laughs> of hours of my life to playing those games and have spoken at length about how much I love them. But come on, we cannot act like we can tell every single one apart from a brief look. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the outer worlds and the outer wilds are really hard to tell apart as sequels. Oh, why did they do that to us? Mm. That was Boo. a joke. Boob, you're is, booing uh, me. I Don't even worry about stage. it. Bring back Blake. The bad joke. Um, can we Horizon Forbidden West up? and Zero Dawn? Yeah. Gonna be honest. Yeah. Not. Yeah. This. Mm, it's kind of the same game. But a big difference there is Forbidden West is a good game, and Zero Dawn is a bad game. 
I don't want y'all to <laughs> review this. Sh- I don't want you to review here. this show anymore, please. <laughs> Save your reviews. Save me review the next one. I'm sorry. Forbidden West was great though, but Zero Dawn sucked. Oh, I know one. Uh, Zero Dawn was very good. No. I mean, depending on. Uh, it's, yes. No. You could you could argue the Hitman, uh, a sat World of Assassination trilogy. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. not a bad thing though. Those games rip. Uh, but I guess yeah. you can't. But if you're like a Hitman sicko, you know each level obviously, but. Because they're so distinct, but I think if you're like just a person, a casual observer looking up Hitman games on Steam, I don't think you could tell one, two, or three apart. Not that that's a bad thing. I, I love well, those. Don't they games. like? They're like merged together. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you, you can, can when you. It's just one game yeah. basically, like with all the levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I need to play. So I'm going to download Hitman on my Steam Deck after this. Um, Spider Man and Miles Morales. I feel like we've we've no. satisfied this question. There are a lot of games that are similar to each other. I feel like that happen to be. Sequels. You know, like you know, a game we don't talk about enough. What? What is that? Like Spider Man Miles Morales. That game was so good. That game, good game. great game. Yeah, I mean the first one did too. The, Fantastic that, game. Oh, those two games are so good. You know, a game we talk about too much. What? What are we talking about? Like? The original Spider-Man. Oh, on the PS2? Yeah. Uh, Spider- no, I get it. Spider-Man one. Spider-Man 2. We get it, y'all. No. It was 2005. No, we... no, that was a good game. The Distillers did the Spider-Man theme song for that. So that's a great really? game. No, this. Yeah, the Insomniac Spider-Man. We talk about that one too much. We don't talk about Miles Morales enough. That game was awesome. It was short. Hot take. They're both yeah. good. Um, let's get to the next question. Is that is that a hot take? No. <laughs> Pandas with bombs asks, "How are y'all doing?" Terrible. What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm um I'm I've been in better. I've it's complicated. Yeah. I've spent three to four hundred dollars in the last month and a half on <laughs> Gundams. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> clearly, I'm clearly I should. Yeah, clearly, I'm going through a crisis. I bought another but camera lens, so yeah, which was the price of like at least ten Gundams. Okay, well, it's not a pissing contest. No, I'm not. Oh, I was <laughs> yeah. using that. I was just. I wasn't trying to piss recently. on you. I was trying um, to compare the prices to what you were talking about. I you I think I could build a camera lens at this point as good as I've gotten yeah. these Gundams. I bet you could. Yeah. That that does translate directly yeah. to two pieces of glass and some plastic. Yeah. You know what's crazy about these Gundams is like some dude definitely went to school for like eight years and got like a doctorate in engineering and he makes those Gundams. And, <laughs> and I'm sure and he loves them. it. Yeah, and I sit, I'm sure he does, but like, and then I sit and build them in my apartment while watching like Sea Dog VA game streams. <laughs> it's like, man, a lot of money went into this, <laughs> this thing right here. Here we are. I'm doing it's a bad great thing. A balls. gift to the world. Doing really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I yeah. think Wes and I are both very conflicted uh, on how we feel, and like a lot of mixed emotions. Someone asked me that. I think Hanson asked me that uh, right after I announced that I was leaving Game Informer, and my uh, initial reaction, and probably still where I am, is like I'm feeling sort of everything all at once, everything you can imagine all at the same simultaneous time it's like so i'm heartbroken at what happened 
and all of the layoffs and having to go through that, I am excited to see what's going to happen to my life. I am thrilled that Wes is back and that I could do even the tiniest bit to make sure that he could continue on. Um, I am devastated that I, I wanted to be a game informer for so long and I didn't get the chance to really be one um, for as long as I wanted to. I Like, like Stadnik before me, I thought that I was going to be, you know, a decades tenured, you know, game informer and have that time to build up rapport with the community and be able to meet all of you in person yeah. at some point. Um, and it's, it's just so, so many emotions that are really, really high and really, really low and sort of, uh, can't deal with all of it in the middle at some points and it all comes in waves and yeah um Wes <laughs> yeah um it's weird I uh, on that same note something I've been talking to like my friends and my wife and my family the weirdest part about a job like this is that it's more public facing than most jobs mm -hmm. so Jill, you having to announce you're leaving or me announcing I'm being laid off or coming back. Like it's very hard to work through those emotions already, but then you also have to like, like it's a pub, it plays out publicly in front of your peers and other people in this industry and, and fans and that kind of stuff or people that like your work. And it's a very strange feeling because I think in most jobs or like career workplaces, like when you leave a job, you just do, and then you do what's next for you. And it's not like, this like it's been weird and, and I'm sure there's going to be podcasts or shows or stories about you leaving Jill and it's weird knowing that there's a podcast out there about my leaving or John's leaving or Jeff or not our leaving or getting laid off and everything and it's like such a strange place to be in when you're working through all these emotions and then watching others like discuss it online which kind of goes back to the whole you know is Twitter good for society? Probably not, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a weird spot. I'm obviously very happy to be back with this team. Um, I hate that it's at the expense of, you know, Jill leaving. That's really the only reason I'm able to come back. There's like a universe on that out flip there. Side too, I'm going to cut him off for that one because yeah. that is such a high note of my leaving for me, knowing that mm. Wes gets to come back. So it's such a weird thing to hear him say like, that he has negative feelings about that because for me that's one of the most positive things about this yeah so that's just a tangle of complicated emotions yeah there's an alternate universe where none of this shit happened and you know we're all working with the people we worked with last month and nobody was worried about layoffs or anything like that but it's not the this this universe unfortunately but things are things are better i mean the on the flip side of what I was talking about with like having such a public facing job, there's benefits to that. There's and Jill, I'm sure you're seeing all the love today. Like that feels good when things when you're announcing you're leaving or when you've been laid off. Like it's nice to have all these people rooting for you and throwing support your way and job opportunities and all this kind of stuff. So it's a double double edged sword. Is that the saying? I don't know. But yeah, I'm you know, I'm excited to be back with this team that I truly do love working with. Yeah. We're happy to have you back. I think uh if I'm being sincere um life uh has has not been great for the last four months my dad's been in the hospital since april 6th he's still there so that's he's almost 
uh, he's been in there three and a half months. Um, still in the ICU, respiratory ICU. Um, can't speak to him still. I went to visit him today for the first time in a month. Uh, you know, um, it is, it is, uh, that, that part of life is really sucky. Um, all the layoffs are incredibly sucky. Losing Alex, even, but he, he wasn't leaving because of the layoffs, but having him leave somebody who I consider a close friend, even though I'm happy for him, um, and think he's making the right decision for himself. Um, it's still, you know, a factor, but all that being said, like I, I am always going to wake up and fight for my own happiness despite my circumstance. And I'm going to fight for my happiness in my workplace and hopefully for the happiness of, of my other coworkers, you know, in small ways, maybe bigger ways, you know, just, it's just a, a mindset I'm trying to have. And, um, yeah, it helps me to focus up and keep moving and, um, yeah. But thanks for the thanks for checking in with us, pandas. We appreciate you. Of course, if you don't know, pandas is one of our community mods uh, on Discord and Twitch. Um, big help for everyone at Game Informer, especially the past couple of weeks having him, Holly Spice, Zachy. I almost said Zachy, <laughs> Zach Pliggy. Uh, those three have just been instrumental in helping us out, uh, and uh, definitely contributes, you know, personally to my well being. Just, uh, just. Yeah, it means a lot having them uh, in our corner. Uh, next question. We've got two, three more. Uh, Derek in Discord uh, just says, been following GI since I was a kid. With so many changes going on, I just hope you guys are okay. Uh, we've kind of already talked about that, but I just wanted to include that because Derek was, and a lot of other people too, were just wishing us well. I know it's good to hear that sometimes. So thank you, Derek, for for giving us those kind words. We do appreciate it. Um Adam asks more of an inside baseball question about the podcast. Uh, if the video version of the podcast is ending slash going on hiatus, would you still be able to upload just the audio to YouTube with a GI logo slash episode name thrown over? Apologies if I missed that in the last episode. Yeah, that's something I'm going to do for this episode for sure. Uh, I don't want people to just like suddenly not have the podcast. Um, to be honest, the podcast is really having... The way that YouTube works right now, having a two-hour podcast on our channel uh, is is detrimental to the health of our YouTube channel. Um, and so I've just been trying to figure out, that was bef before any of this happened, I was already trying to figure out what that looks like, um, where the podcast is hosted. I've thought about um, making a new channel for just the GI show so that people who still want to listen on YouTube can go and do that. And yeah, it might just be um, you know, the, the logo with the logo with audio behind it. Um, if there is interest in that to be, to be honest, it's going to take me a couple weeks to set that up if there is a lot of interest for that. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, it is going to be audio only on podcast platforms. Um, but know that I'm open to doing that. I'm just, uh, got a lot going on, but I have, I have been thinking about that in my head because I don't want to leave, you know, there's a few thousand of you on, on YouTube who, enjoy the show and i definitely don't want to um to you know make make listening to the show harder for you guys so um yeah let me know um last question comes from c raider the minneapolis the minneapolis terror uh, as his discord name says uh two questions 
Well, that's tunic, a lie. He doesn't live in Minneapolis. That'd be funny if he did. Crater, I'm I'm calling you out. I've been to his house. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm calling you out. I think I misspoke. It said the Minnesota, the Minnesota, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Apologies. He does live in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, two <laughs> questions. Will Tunic still have a strong advocate for Game of the Year at GI? And more importantly, is Jill going to stream Visage on her last day as well? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no to both of those questions. Dad Nick was a fool. Uh, no, um, I am not going to stream anything terribly scary and upsetting and embarrassing. Uh, one hopes. I loved that stream. That was the best stream ever. And I have... Yeah, I have no idea what I'm planning on doing or if I'm planning on doing anything. But no, I will not be a fool like Statnik <laughs> was. Uh, as for the advocate for Tunic, uh, you bet people are going to be advocating for Tunic or else I'm coming after all of you. And uh, probably Wes specifically. Yeah, but... I, I, ha I have to. I mean, is Elden Ring my game of the year? Probably. But is Tunic going to be at the top of my list? Yeah, you yeah, absolutely. For sure. Here's a conversation to... we have to have, Jill Grote. Mm -hmm. Tunic this, tunic that, but all yep. I'm seeing is neon white in bright lights. <laughs> well, you need to in bright lights. <laughs> well, I can't promise your safety oh, by God, the end of the man. year in that case. Wow, <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> Going out on very a scratch. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> wow. gotcha. Okay. I, I am excited to play Tunic. I'm, I downloaded it to my Steam Deck. I played it on stream with Jill and really thoroughly enjoyed mm -hmm. it. But it's one of those games that you don't want your first three hours of the game to be on a stream. You know? So I feel like I need yeah. to restart. So I'm like, oh, I did all that on stream already. But I, I, I am going to restart it and play, give it a full playthrough. Um, it's just a matter of, matter of when. But I will be doing that before the end of the year. And... Um, Hey, who knows? Maybe that'll be my game of the year. You know, I haven't, I haven't given it a full shot yet, and I really enjoyed what I played. So you never know. Um, but yes, we will be playing that game. We will be doing our jobs, all that fun stuff. Will there be an advocate as passionate as Jill? I mean, I don't think anywhere anyone can compete with with that level of passion. Unless I like sneak in somehow. <laughs> yeah. However, just let me into the to the Discord so I can scream about tunic. Will there be an advocate of the devilish variety? Oh. Yes. Get out of here. Get out of here. You never know. Neon what? It's a mystery, folks. Game of the year, 6 months away. I'm what is I'm still trying to figure out what the devilish thing is. Devil's advocate. Oh, is uh, it a devil devil's game advocate. Devil's, devil's advocate. Yeah. An advocate uh -oh. of the devilish variety. I'm not going to say it was a... Went right over my head. I'm not going to say it was a good joke. It was a joke, but it doesn't mean it was mm. good. <laughs> Just like this podcast like episode. In retrospect, I like it. Uh, it was a podcast episode. Was it good? I don't know. I, I guess I'll... Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, thank you, Jill, for everything you've done for us at GI. Um, thanks for, in a weird Absolutely. way, making space for Wes... Even though you're, yeah. you you thank you for you made dog. your decision <laughs> for the the best path for your life, but it did have good effects. Yeah, it had sad effects. It had good effects. Um, <clears throat> I'm not tearing up. I just had a weird something got caught in my throat. Maybe a bug. Don't believe it. There are tears streaming. It was a bug. It was. He's it was, crying. Like waterfall. It was a common house fly. But yeah, thanks everybody for. Dealing with what will surely be a weird episode, I'll try to have my act 
as hosts more together next week. And uh, yeah, but I appreciate everybody's patience. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. If you're here, listening in the car, listening while you're cooking dinner, just thanks for listening. We really do appreciate you. Be sure to go support the magazine. Uh, go check out the website. Go follow everybody who was on the show today. Welcome Wes back with open arms. Uh, go tell him hello. Whenever I don't know when his new like start date is because it's he's currently like hasn't started again yet. Um, but it will mm-hmm. be soon. Make sure to go read his pieces. Uh, I know he's excited to uh, to get to work again. So yeah, I think this is the end. Goodbye. <laughs>